We live in a society that's constantly trying to change everything around it. But what if we spent more time changing what we can control ourselves? My name is Brad. And I'm Justin. And we want to invite you to join us as we talk with some of our friends about using this amazing tool called the Enneagram as we build the new you to be better today for a better tomorrow. Hey guys, welcome to episode eight of the Better Today podcast. I am Brad Livingston. And I am Justin Oswald. And we are super pumped to have you guys with us. We are uh, going through the Enneagram uh, and you've listened to other episodes. If you haven't, uh, we talk about the Enneagram. We love the Enneagram. Um, We think it's so helpful. It's so uh, such a great tool. And I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes, particularly episode two uh, with Michelle, who really gave us a great layout of what the Enneagram is. But today is episode eight and... uh, as we get ready to to jump into all the things we have, one of our another one of our friends, another one of our guests uh, on the podcast today is one of our friends from the Enneagram training we did in Atlanta. Um, he is uh, well. I'll let him tell you all about his stuff. My our good friend Jim, uh, Jim. So good to have you on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah, we uh, like everyone else up to this point. Uh, we we all met in Atlanta at the Enneagram, you know, the training, and you know, we every every episode, Jim, we, we kind of have a little reunion with the with the guests. <laughs> like it's we kind of reminisce a little bit about the things we remember and and how just impactful those four days were. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. we we had no clue walking in. The, the joke is still like we thought we were walking in to learn about the Enneagram, and then two hours in, you're like, holy crap what <laughs> what did we, you know it was like group therapy and like you know and we built right? these friendships that was just a lot of fun you yeah know? it's like you everyone's kind of vulnerable and learning about themselves and with a room full of people that you don't know and at the time yeah. you're thinking maybe i'll never see again of what? course me and you knew each other but other yeah, than right. that um and it's like man you just build these these friendships it's really really cool yeah yeah jim what jim what was like one of you was there a highlight maybe i'm, I'm sure there's a dozen, but something from that week that was like, oh man, this was, this was such a great thing. Um, I, you know, a couple things stand out. I would say I, I loved the night that we all had dinner. Um, you know, the, the, us three guys and the girls, I, I just thought that was a lot of fun because you realize, um, the, the community you can build within it. Right. Um, I thought that, uh, the, technical training was amazing, but I really, for me, what stood out was just how incredible Michelle mom Bennett's was. I, I mean, yeah. she, she played at a whole different level, um, and was just so, uh, wonderful in her technique and her, um, humanity that, um, you know, I, I, and again, one of the significant relationships has been uh, keeping in touch with her and yeah. obviously with you guys, uh, Trevor, of course. Um, so it's, it's been really, it, it was a really wonderful experience. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you full disclosure, I've been, I've been trained as a teacher for 20 years. I, I kind of walked in because I wanted to get licensed in the materials. That was really my motive well, for four days. And at- um, and it, I think we learned that almost early on, you know, within the first few hours, at least that you were probably the senior person in the room, not in age, by the way, uh, <laughs> you were probably the senior person in the room as far as your knowledge in the Enneagram Definitely. and, and you, you, you have a, uh, you, this is what you do. You do teaching and coaching and, and training and all this. Um, it was clear you were there to add this as like a tool in your toolbox, which yes. was great, which was great because you added a lot of valuable insight as someone who uses it, like as, as people like us and the rest of the room that were, were learning, trying to learn a little bit more, you were able to add some valuable insight to what Michelle was 
teaching, right. um, almost even from a more hands-on practical standpoint and things like that. So it was really, it was really great having that dynamic there, I think. But yeah. I, I agree. I mean, me and Brad, I mean, we're in the, in, you know, we're in the church world and we've been to trainings and teachings and all these things, but man, Michelle has a true gift for that. I mean, I mean, she yes. has a true gift for that. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was, it was, she was incredible. And yeah. I, I know people think we're just hyping her up, but we're really not. It was, it was, she was very impactful. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, you know, I've sat under a number of coaches, but both like life coaches and organizational coaches and a lot of those things I've sat in, you know, seminary and teachings and, and I am a teacher and, and to sit back and watch that. Um, and then to find out she was a three, and how right. well she held space as a three just blew my right. mind. <laughs> like, yeah, I would have put her as a four or a six or a nine, like in some of those space, I could see her, how she responded to certain things. And so I'm typing her in my head, which you're not supposed to do. Right. But I'm just watching. I'm just like, man, I wonder if she's it. And I remember at one point, I think you were involved in the conversation. We're all like, before she got in the room, we're all in the room. Like she's got to be this. And she's got to yeah. be this. Like, <laughs> <I know exactly. laughs> uh, and Ryan, exactly. Ryan was, was like I think Ryan was the first one I heard say like she's a three I know she's a three and like gave all his whatever but yeah it was really cool and I thought it was special um to see I, I love the way that the two of you got to interact um one of the things that I thought was great about having you in the room just like what Justin was talking about is um you know she was a great teacher um and the way that the two of you gave each other space you gave her room to teach as the teacher um and she gave yeah. you room to give a lot of insight knowing that you had a lot of knowledge well, and experience point. and um yeah. you an know, insecure I, teacher might have felt threatened right right <laughs> yeah i mean you know? and especially yeah. Again, yeah again as a three someone that's like hey don't walk on my space don't be like right. you know what i mean like um i'm the i'm the one everyone's supposed to be looking at right now that that yeah so for her to be, to do that, I just thought it was great. So I agree with you. I think she was spectacular. She was, um, she was incredibly generous, which I, I picked up on immediately. And, uh, that, I think that just stuck with me and it's, it's really one of those sort of things, but the, I think it was a great takeaway for me also as like the two of you, like as a teacher, um, and going out in the world, I, I do this for a living is that it's like, you know, be generous with anybody in the class because you really do learn, you know, it, it really, I think learning goes back and forth and being generous and open, I think it's a big part of that as well. So anyway, it was, I thought it was fantastic. It was, it was a great, and yep. you know, we've, there's, there's a, there's a small group of us. We've kept an ongoing, just kind of group tech since then and built these friendships and you, you being one of those and Kamala and Jade and they're, they're coming up, um, you know, they're, they'll all be guests and, and all those things. So, um, it's been, it's it's been, been a lot of fun, Trevor. So it's been, great. it's been a lot of fun. So today we're going to be talking about the life of a six, Jim being, all being, right. a, being a six, but <laughs> kind of before we do that, other than, you know, people hearing about our, our background, getting to know you at the at the training tell us a little bit about yourself who who is jim what you know where do you do where where do you live where do you reside and all those things sure 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 um i am well i i currently live um in new york city um i am 58 uh let's see i came out of the hotel industry uh as a as a kid growing up in the farm country in upstate new york i decided that i'd like to be a hotel guy because i saw a tv show about it you know i thought that sounds like a good job yeah, for me of course so i went to college did it Worked, worked at Disney out of college for about five years and life sort of took off. Um, but I was a hotelier for the better part of probably 25, 30 years. Um, about five years ago, um, I decided to kind of hang up my own shingle, as it were, for coaching and teaching um, with the Enneagram. And uh, funnily enough, a company called Forbes Travel Guide came along and said, do you want to travel around the world and inspect 
the best hotels and restaurants and spas and get paid for it. And I thought, I can do that. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> what kind of crap offer is this? <laughs> so that morphed into becoming their vice president of leadership development. Um, and they also let me keep my side hustle, which was my coaching practice and working with different industries. So that all worked beautifully for the last, honestly, four years. It was it was kind of a really great ride um, up until, of course, the pandemic hit. But um, what's what's kind of switched for me is now that I'm on furlough with Forbes is that my, my coaching practice vis-a-vis Zoom has really sort of taken off. Um, and so I, I meet with people from various backgrounds, industries, and parts of the world. Um, and, and that's what I do now. But I, I continue to use the Enneagram um, as I have for the past, you know, 25, 30 years at this point. So your your coaching is not just, you use the Enneagram as a tool in your leadership coaching and, and, and all that. I do. Okay. I do. In fact, I used it a lot in my career before formalizing it as, as really sort of a mechanism. I actually use it as a tool for both teams to lead them, but I was also, you know, let's face it, profit-based companies. And I thought, listen, if the team is in synergy and understand each other, then this can work. If I know something about Brad's expression, which is sort of black and white, here's how things get done. I know how to meet him, right? He knows how to meet me if he knows that I'm a little anxiety-based and need reassurance. And so that really worked with teams. And so I decided five years ago, well, actually, this can work on more of a, you know, more of a permanent level for professionalism. Love that. So you are a type six. What is your subtype? Um, It is, it's called self-pres. Okay. Self-preservation subtype. All right. Oh, yeah. What's a, so here's a non enneagram question. Uh, what is so getting to know you a little bit? What are your top three musical artists? And it can either be your current top three, like who you're really vibing with right now, or of all time. So what I mean, what what do you listen to? And I judge people based on their answers. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course you do. Of course you 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 you, you keep score as a three. Um, Wait till the no, end because that's going to get funny again. Yeah. yeah no. No. That's no, it's, it's hilarious. You know, I, I'd have to say for sure. Um, right now, I'm really vibing on um, Aretha Franklin for some reason. Okay. She has old school. She, 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 she did a whole gospel series that was just so beautiful. And, um, I've just, I started running cause I can't go to my, my, my indoor cycling class. So I've been running, but I've been vibing on her because I just, I forgot how inspirational she is. And there was moments when you kind of need that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really great band from the early two thousands called the killers that did a fantastic album called hot bus, which I, I just still absolutely love, 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 love. Um, and then I'm an, I'm kind of an old school American songbook. So clearly Sinatra, I mean, you know, just okay. Okay. can't help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are good choices. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's, that's a, eclectic, man. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. I like that. I got a wide range. Yeah. 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 No, that's, it would have been cool if you just said something like Def Leppard or something. <laughs> now we would have really connected, <laughs> but you did have good choices. I like that. <laughs> this man is Def Leppard, bro. <laughs> I, I love Def Leppard. Um, uh, awesome. Nice. So, so, you know, me, we had dinner in Atlanta. You had dinner with, with us. It was a small group. Me and Brad are, are foodies. Big foodies. What about you? What is your go-to food? If you're picking where you're going to eat or if you're going to cook at home what 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 do you get down with when it comes to food what's your favorite well f- funny because i you know because of course with the pandemic i have not been to a restaurant in six months and i was <laughs> yeah, protocol okay. in my house about food being delivered and not going out and no takeout right you know so um my my culinary game has really been upped um and i've, I've always been a pretty good cook so i came out of the food industry and i started in the kitchen okay, so yeah. i know what i'm doing but um i you know italian i, I yes. you know i really love italian mm. um you- I, i've gotten 
going back up into Connecticut recently. I, like, I got my grill back, so I'm like I'm grilling things. Um, I, you can actually grill kale on the grill. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, I do a lot of like shrimp and branzino and halibut. Um, but I'd say definitely Italian influence. And then I kind of make stuff up. I, I mean, I like variations on paella. Um, I like sort of earthy dishes, right? Okay. Um, Man, we would course, get along really good with Jim. I, 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 Jim. I, I could feed you, kid. Don't worry. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I feel like I, I get. I just get this vibe that you make a good pasta. I do make a good Costco pasta. I am. Yesterday, uh, we, we came down to the city with nothing in the fridge, and I realized that there was a box of spaghetti. We'd brought some kale and some tomatoes. There was no cheese in the house. I thought I can. I can do. I can do this. Okay. Um, right. 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 And it. It worked out just it worked fine. out good. Yeah, see, I'm down one. That sounds good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Jim, in in your career, all the stuff you got going on right now, um, you found time to write a book, right? So, before we go like waist deep or overhead in Enneagram, 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 um, what? So, uh, give us a little bit of insight into your book that releases next year, right? It does. It's going to release next spring. Um, you know, it, it's called Lead from the Core. And and one of the things I really picked up on, I had an epiphany a year ago. I was, I was actually flying um, to Monaco, right? Um, I was I was given a keynote for this... Uh, Humble brag. This, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, four, to, to 400 people, right? I'm yeah. doing this keynote speech. Love that. And I, I had, my, my topic was all over the place. And so I've, I've been reading up with a... Um, there's a mystic named um, George Gurdjieff, who did a lot of Enneagram training in the late 1800s and in the early part of the last century. And so he had a whole thing about your soul being who you were and the nine types were simply expressions of patterns. And so I equated your soul as being your core. And I had this idea. And so I ended up rewriting my entire speech, practicing at once, and then just jumping on stage and doing this whole presentation about leading with your best self, meaning your core, which in my world is your soul. Your soul is who you are, right? Mm-hmm. But these expressions are simply how, how it manifests in the world, right? And so I did a book on this. I had an idea for a book, uh, put together a treatment, uh, got connected to St. Martin's Press. Um, and here I am, you know, a, a year later, and the book is written and it's about to go through editing and uh, I'm going to publish. So yeah, it's Come kind on, of fun. That. That's so awesome. I think you found out I think you either found out you were getting the book deal or something like when we were in Atlanta, oh, right? Yeah, like, I, I did. That's right. I yeah, remember I did. that. So yeah. that, that was like our celebration thing where I was like, we're all going to dinner for Jim. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah. I, I was on pins and needles walking into that class. It was like, oh, so much going on in my life at that time. And all of a sudden, like I got that, I got this email and it was one of those, oh my God, you know, because you know, you want to keep your mouth shut a little bit, but then it's like, but I just stole the book. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's awesome. I'll yeah. buy a copy. Yeah, no, no Thank doubt. We're, back, we're in. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you said you've been teaching the Enneagram for tw- like 20, 25 years. So yes. what was the journey like for you finding the Enneagram? Like, what was that? What did that journey look like getting to the point, you know, discovering it or whatever? Yeah, you know, I had been, um, I, I was living in California. I just moved to San Francisco to work for a little company called Kimpton Hotels. And uh, they, uh, they they had this sort of a cultural touchstone with the Enneagram, which I had no clue what that was, but I was told to attend a seminar with some colleagues um, being taught by someone named Helen Palmer, who, again, I had no clue at that point when Helen Palmer was, right? Right. And so she obviously is one of the foremost authorities in the world on the Enneagram, and she really is a lot into the spirituality of it. So I go to this class, and I'm thinking, this is sort of interesting. 
And her methodology is to teach by um, centers of intelligence. So she starts with the emotional center and then she goes to the logical and then to the body. And so I heard type three, that's kind of cool. I can see myself in that. And I heard type two and four and I'm kind of going, yeah, that, that, that's kind of cool. And then she got into type six and it was like, Oh my God. And like, it was like, just like this lightning went through me and there's no other way to express it, except it was really was an out of body experience. Like this, this has meaning and I was off to the races. So, um, what happened was, uh, within a couple of years, I was so into it that I, I wanted to get certified as a teacher. So I went to, um, this, this sort of training center in Northern California um, and it took me about two years to get certified as a teacher. I, I continued working full time, but my company paid for me to go through this. And it was, it was really intense, but I worked with people like Dr. David Daniels and Helen and Sandra Maitre and all these people. And two years later, I'm now certified as a teacher in the Enneagram, but now you got to put it into practice. Right. <laughs> and I sort of started, I just started using it with teams that I was actively managing as a first a general manager, then a vice president, then I was CEO of this hotel company, but I always use it as a conduit and people started calling me saying, I got to work for you. I hear you're doing this whole self insight process and self actualization and you actually mean it. I said, well, of course I mean it, you know, <laughs> um, but you find on, you know, honestly, you find a lot of companies pay lip service to this. Um, now, interestingly enough, a lot of people in the Enneagram community at that time were not down with this being used in the business world. In fact, I had a lot of people from the spiritual community, you know, um, whether it was a synagogue or a church or whatever, you know, would you get almost get offended? Like, how could you possibly use this for monetary gain? And I said, well, it's not about that. Although that's a nice offshoot sure. like i gotta tell you people in corporate america are a mess this is this is actually good um so that's kind of how it happened and it took off from there and uh, i used it professionally with every team i had until i left business in the summer of 2015 right so yeah Right on. So, you know, that it makes me think of a question, Jim, because I, I remember us talking and maybe it was Michelle who brought it up about how, you know, how any, obviously it's, it's more and more mainstream now, a lot more popular than it was even five or 10 years ago is the Enneagram. And, you know, I remember Michelle mentioning how, you know, 20 and 30 years ago it existed, but there was a, there was a lot of, um, it, it seems very like frou frou spiritual and like at one point there was even like the at least the christian you know the christian church world that uh wanted to keep away from it at least parts of you know parts of the christian church wanted to keep away from it because they felt like it was yeah. like this weird spiritual mystical thing um right. that, that had no business you know in in the church um, was that the case back then? Did it, did it, being that they were against it, kind of being used in corporate America, did it, was it more of a spiritual experience to those people or how did, how, how yeah, did I, it I evolve? Think, I think there was definitely that woo woo factor, right? So when I, I certified, I was one of the, I think there was out of a class of 50 people, maybe I was, I was like, there's three of us in the business world. The rest were sort of practicing uh, therapist, psychologist, right? Okay. Um, and also, but I, I had, a, I had two priests and a, Christian minister in my class when I certified. Um, so, but that they were also, they, they remember them speaking, this is 20 some odd years ago about the fact that they'd be really careful how they introduced it with their, their churches though, because people sort of going, what do you mean? You know, it's this whole sort of thing. And yeah. so there, there definitely was sort of this hesitation because I think people thought there was some sort of spiritual 
um, like a, a church of some kind around the Enneagram. There's not. There's not. <laughs> um, well, um, well, even but it's, it's, but it's been found in almost all, all modern religions. If you go back really far, you'll find it in Sufism, Christianity, Judaism. I mean, it's, it's there, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, mean, I think, you know, I'll make this joke because we are Christians, but <laughs> Christians sometimes just make statements right. and comments with zero evidence right. or know what they're talking about. But even like, look at the, Enneagram, you know, the, 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 weird, the, the Enneagram diagram, you know, though, it looks like a pentagram. I'm like, nah, yeah. pentagram, it, no, it doesn't even close. Yeah. Yeah, so lines um, in a pattern don't make it. Yeah. So it is cool how it's yeah. evolved over the years. I mean, yeah. I know I could totally see the value in a therapist or a psychologist having oh, this as a, in, in their tool bag. Um, but, I, I do think it's cool how it's evolving and and being more. Yeah. I, I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but way more popular. I mean, just the amount of Instagram yeah. accounts about the Enneagram is it's a lot astounding. of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think, and that's really important. It's an important step, you know, even uh, for Justin and I, you know, in the in the church world, and you know, we've already had a number of conversations with people that's like, hey, I've heard this, or I don't know about this, and it's like, listen, at the end of the day, um, whether you whether your faith whether whether we share the same faith or not is even irrelevant. Uh, in this particular statement and this idea of all of us can learn to become whole better. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and if we're, beca- if, if our version of whole is faith based around uh, a deity uh, and we're, we're trying to become more like the wholeness that he represents and therefore a version of self-sacrifice so that we can in turn represent him better. So be it. If it's not that, and if it's just you and the world and some form of oneness and whatever, and this idea that you want to be better for your friends and better for your family and you want to be uh, someone that's not so tied into who you are, but open yourself up to who uh, maybe you feel like the world needs you to be, then so be it. You know, and that's the the beauty right. of this podcast like we're, we're open like we're, we're faith-based people we're both pastors but at the end of the day the the, ver- the reason we're doing this with this podcast um is to have conversations about helping people be better today and if that is yes. a faith position better so be it if that's a if it's a, a different position of better then so be it and that's what we're you know that's our angle absolutely um, yeah and so it's yeah. helpful you know I think it's that's I think that's what I can't underscore enough is that the idea and I think it's what it came to me like I said over a year ago and trying to put together what this book was what the, my book was missing beyond you know the, the basics of the enneagram was clearly understanding this concept of soul and core which is your life force right and 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 it's if that's manifesting itself in a wonderful way you're getting through that through God if you're getting through that just walking outside and realizing it's a beautiful day that's your core coming through. And the idea is to get better each day, right? And I think that's where people sometimes go off the rails. It's there's, there's no competition in worship here. <laughs> this is, right. just comes down to you honestly, honestly understanding your, your who you are interiorly, right? And then understand that. But who is my exterior? Because a lot of times people think they're one and the same, and they're not, right? Right. Um, and the and the enneagram kind of teaches you your patterns of expression sometimes make you misunderstood to the people in your lives. That's and good. you can actually work with that if you want to, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. good. So, yeah. And so with that, what give us, give us kind of the snapshot of a six from your perspective. Every time we bring a type on, um, you know, today you're the expert on the six. So uh, we want us and our audience to hear, you know, um, 
from from the expert because you live the life in your shoes every day right so um, yeah. although justin and i know knowledge base like in our head we know six um you know from the heart from the core from the soul like you know six you know so um, yeah, yeah yeah so what is six what, what what is the life of a six so type, type six is known among other things as the loyal skeptic, as the questioner. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, we're the kid that at some point had the rug pulled out from under us and got the word that the world is a big, scary place and you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. You got to be careful. You got to watch out. People are going to get you. And so you anticipate problems happening. And what that looks like is um, on a high side of, of type is that you're great at strategizing. You're great at thinking ahead. You're great at asking questions. On the lower side, though, is that you worry. You're scared. You, you worry nonstop. You think in terms of what's going to go wrong, could go wrong. Oh, my gosh, it is going wrong. And, well, it didn't go wrong this time. But, okay, on to the next thing. And so <laughs> you're, all, you're always prepared for the worst possible thing to happen, which is great when the worst possible thing does happen because you got a plan. But really, how often does the worst possible thing happen, right? right? right. Yeah. And, and, and so you imagine living your life just vigilant at all times, just vigilant for something bad to happen and waking up and thinking, what's going to go wrong today? Um, now, by the way, there are instances where it's probably a good thing to worry, right? It's, you know, when I'm walking down the street and, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking around for cars coming, you know, that's, that's kind of bad because I might like get hit, get hit. Right. But if I'm walking down the street going, Oh my God, I'm going to get hit. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know, well then I'm missing the fact that it's a nice day or all sorts of stuff. We have gifted to us our logic, but it's the one thing we push down in favor of action and emotion. Type threes are gifted with emotions, but they push that down in favor of logic and action. Logic and action together actually do some pretty cool things. Action and emotion together with no logic does some very bad things. (laughs) Right. And so that's, you know, and, and so you learn in your journey as a six, you know, that you, you gotta, you gotta chill out and realize everything is going to be all right. But these, these patterns, um, they like us and we like them right back. So here I'm a teacher and trained in this for, you know, it'll be 30 years, um, in, in, in 2023. And yet I still wake up and think, okay, gosh, today I've got that call with, um, you know, Justin and Brad. Okay. Where's, where's my, where's my sheet? Where is it? Oh my God. I can't find it. Oh my God. I, I, I erased it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to let them down. And I go, <laughs> and I sent you guys, I sent you guys a text. Where is it? Where's the sheet? I can't find it. And then of course I find it. It's like, Oh, Okay, so that, that crisis is over. <laughs> then my, my, my one computer wouldn't, wouldn't boot up and I couldn't get connected to the internet. I, oh my gosh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. But I've got an iPad. My iPad works perfectly. And I got a phone. My phone's on a tripod. I can actually, I got two backup plans. So what's the good news is the type six? You always have a backup plan. <laughs> you always have a backup plan. But you also kind of miss out on a lot because you spend so much time, again, with worry. We manifest ourselves in three, kind of three different ways. There's self-preservation, which is what I am. There's also social, and there's what's called one-to-one. Self-preservation, um, if you were to meet me, you'll see someone kind of, probably, you know, calm, a little anxiety, kind of chatty, but confident. And I'm also very trusting, which is interesting because by nature, sixes don't trust anything. But I trust it's going to work at first blush. 
but invariably I'm also very contrary at all times. All three of the sixes types have this voice going sort of nonstop, right? With me, it's always questioning behind the scenes, but at face value, I'm going to smile and be very interesting. And the way I get people to like me and they can't kill me is by being warm and congenial at all times, right? Mm -hmm. Really trying to connect on a heart level. And that way, if you like me enough, you can't hurt me. The social subtype is much more of, I call it the Eeyore. Um, sort of, a, if you work with this type, it's like, hey, how you doing, Eric? Fine. Um, how's the day going? It's all right. And they're always sort of like, <laughs> and if you walk into their office and say, I've got some great ideas, they're going to start to question you and question you and question you to the point you're like, oh my God. You know, <laughs> um, what happens though, when you work for a social six is that before you go into their office, you learn to really prepare, like, really prepare. So yeah. one of my clients right now is CEO of this major construction company. And, um, you know, they, people will say that behind his back, they call him scrunchy face because when you walk into Eric's office, it's like, you know, he just kind of scrunches his face up and to the point where he's not even aware of it, but we were doing a one-to-one coach once on one time. And it's, he said to me, you know, my, my daughters call me the awfulest. I said, the awfulest <laughs> he said yeah wow no matter what i always think it's going to be awful right so and then of course the one to one six is much more about you know what i'll meet the fear head on i will kill the fear before it kills me yeah. and so they can sometimes show up as an eight because their energy is really out there but it's almost like this like let's fight let's fight let's fight they're looking for a fight just because they the anxiety is there right mm. all three though are based in this deep seated fear, anxiety amped up. Right. Mm. And so for us, look, I was raised by a Marine Corps father, sons, Marine Corps fathers do not meditate. We think that's crap. You know, you go to, you go to church <laughs> once a week. That's all you need. Right? Yeah, right. But I, but I learned actually spending some time quietly once or twice a day mm. and just breathing has an amazing effect on me. And for a type six, this is really important to get grounded and into our bodies. Mm. Right. That's it. That's so, that's so good. This, and, and you know, the talking about the subtypes that one-to-one, you know, showing up as an eight, like that's that, that's the counter type, type well. six. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the, they all yeah. have that, that, you know, that motivational need to be safe and, and prepared for whatever's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be really ugly. Unfortunately, uh, on the lower expression of a type, I, I worked for a very successful person um, here in New York. He was a counter type six and it was, it was fairly awful because it was just always like blowing things out of proportion and screaming and going for it. Right now, again, he was ridiculously successful in his career, but he burned through people a lot, but he didn't care because he was protected. His family was protected, but it's, it's not a great way to live your life when you're always stressed out and screaming. And plus mm -hmm. it also affects people around you. Same thing. It's not always good for me. Um, I'm, I'm very disconnected from my anger. I have a really hard time being angry because I think I shouldn't do it. Right. And so I've tried to, in recent years, get better connected with being angry once in a while, but mm. it's not easy. I mean, it's just for me, it's right. really not easy. Right. right? Um, so you, you kind of learn that journey along the way. Um, and again, your patterns like you, you like your patterns. And so yeah. letting go of them, I, I think is hard. I think being aware of them and working with them and accepting them is, is actually a better sort of way to be. Do, do you think that sixes are the kind of, you know, when you think of, like, I think of the pessimist people that are always is, you know, is, 
do you have a hard time trying to not be that person? Like, and maybe you're, you're way more self-aware, especially, sure. you know, as a uh, been doing this for so long, but you know, to not come across as the, everything's going to go bad today. Like, is that, is that an active thing you do in the, in your work world or even in personal life is like, is, is it something you actively have to, to be aware of? And I think, a, I think a, a, also a question that coincides with that is, um, if the answer is yes or no, is it something that is internalized more or is it expressed more? <clears throat> Great question. So in, in my personal, in my life as, as, a, as a self-preservation six, the contrariness is internalized. Mm. It's, it's a whole world up here. Um, we, we tend to have fixations as sixes. And so we have a hard time letting go of the past. We revisit it again and again and again. And what we really like to revisit is painful experiences again and again and again. We get very mm. fixated on it, right? We invent whole conversations and whole dynamics um, sometimes. And there's, there's a, just a contrariness that can be horrible, right? And so what you learn is to actually say, what are you doing right now? <laughs> right. Why are why are why are we revisiting a conversation from 2015 or or since 1978 or right as opposed to not being present to what's happening right now? Um, you know, and again, this, this the other two subtypes might sort of display that in a different way. But Brad, you're right. It's, it's very insightful. Is that you know, in my for me, it's, it's self prez I would internalize it while putting forth this face of things are great. A social six would externalize it and a one-to-one -one would really just go at it, yeah. right? Um, and again, in all three areas, it is based in this sort of like nothing safe. And if it feels too safe, I'm going to screw with it a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to screw if I can undo it. This. Just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we often stay in relationships way past the point of expiration, whether personal or professional, because you know what, it's not the best thing in the world, but at least it's safe. Mm, um, you know, cool. and yet we can also take incredible risks at times. Um, and it's sometimes stupidly by the way, but, <laughs> um, to show we're not afraid. Right. So when I, when I had a, really had to tap into as a six, this is several years ago, is that I tapped into, I have to have faith. If I just have faith, things work out. And so on, on a more of a, a spiritual level, you know, sixes are the original doubting Thomas, okay. right? Okay. We're, we're just, that's, that, that's, that's who we are. We're doubting Thomases. And so what, again, this, this epiphany to me a couple of years ago was just that you have to have faith. You have to realize it's your core. And then when you kind of have that, it's like, boom, right? And it mm -hmm. really can, ex it can expand you. And you, of course, have been through this, I'm sure, when your entire body is just light and filled with light. That's when you're really accessing the very best of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to, but as a six, you got to constantly remind yourself of this, mm -hmm. you know, and, that's, yeah. and, that, and, and that can be difficult. And you mentioned earlier when you were talking about, you know, when you first started talking about being a six, you, you talked about um, trust, you know, and, and, and wanting to trust people, but there's always this voice in the back of your head, you know, is that, oh, yeah. is that voice? So uh, from my clarity, because I have my release as a three, my release line is to six. So I'm trying to learn from a, 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 a <laughs> six here, but it's like, is that voice, um, where you, you know that you need to trust people in life. You're trying to trust people in life. Uh, but then there's this voice saying, you know, if, if someone uh, did something to destroy that trust is the voice, like I told you they would do that. Like, is it, is it always like they're going to yeah. betray you on some level? Is that the voice? 
Um, it, I would say that I will give people, it, again, self predicates, I give people a lot of rope, right? And as I, I really do. But once my trust is broken, it's really hard to get back. Yeah. Um, and I'm not proud of that. I, I've got a very close friend that lied to me about something several years ago and we're still we're still close friends and yet there's a part of me like i can never trust you again and I, again i'm not i am not proud of that but it's just sort of your you this again this contrariness and you kind of pick at things and the fact of the matter is people are going to let you down because we're human that's right mm. that it's going it's going people are going to break your trust now hopefully it's not going to be a cataclysmic event right mm -hmm. but it's just that's what's going to happen and so you know i think uh you have to learn as a six let it go yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're if you're if you're over the age of 25 and still blaming your parents for your life, let it go. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, yeah. they 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 did the best they could. Maybe their job was just to have you, and you're that. That's all it is, right? Come so, yeah. I, but that, but it took me a long time to get there. It really did. Yeah, and that's and, and that's a interesting um, kind of case to make because you know we 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 know a few sixes in our circles. We have some sixes. Uh, we have a lot. We have a lot more twos and uh, stuff like that. But we do have a few sixes, and um, you know I think for them, some of what you're talking about is so important. One of the one of them. So. Uh, I meet with, uh, oh goodness, I meet with three sixes on a regular basis right now as we're helping mm -hmm. through a few things. And one of the things that I'll do with them as a practice, and maybe you're going to tell me not to do that anymore. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things I do as a practice is we, we, I call it the, the what if trail. Mm -hmm. So I let them present a what if it's like, well, what if this happens? I'm like, all right, what if it happens? Then what yeah. you, th and then we, then all, all I say until the end is then what, you know, it's like, okay, but then what, well, then I would have to do this. I'm like, okay, then, then what, well, then yeah. I would have to, and, and eventually we always get to the same place where they go, you know, I'm just gonna have to trust that it would work out. And I'm like, that's right. And, and it's there you go. <laughs> like, and sometimes it takes 30 seconds and I've literally been in a meeting where it took 20 minutes. They, I mean, they just kept going and going. I was like, I don't know if we're going to get to the end on this one, you know, but eventually kind of the way you're talking about is, is we had to help them see that every place of anxiety and every place of fear for them, there was a thing that if they thought about it for a minute, okay, but then I would do this. And it was like, they, they were able to present their, the ability or their plan to overcome, but we yeah. just had to help them realize, you know, even if this is the worst case scenario, you can, you're bigger than this. Like you can overcome yes. this. You know what I mean? Like, um, yes. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you ever like, done that practice or whatever, but that's, uh, we do that a little bit. Well, I think what you're doing though, really, and again, I, sixes typically groove on t with type eights because sixes love the protection. Mm -hmm. Eights like the loyalty. So it can really work both as a, um, authority subordinate relationship or as a peer relationship, right? Because there is this sort of natural thing with eights about protecting. Um, eights can also sometimes get incredibly exasperated with the type six is like, yeah. Oh, we just stop. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but after the, the door closes, is, there you go. <laughs> right. It's like, I can't deal. But I think what you're, what you're really doing quite elegantly though, is taking them through an exercise in logic, which is again, that it, it is mm. really our unsung, our unsung gift is our logic. And when we just tap into logic, it's a, it can be wonderful. So kind of calmly deliberately saying, well, let's, let's talk about the logic of this and go through it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, and by the way, I'm still here and I support you. 
the, the reassurance for the six is very important, right? Um, that it can really make people in our lives sort of crazy that they have to constantly reassure us. And so over time, you know, you learn as you grow into your type, okay, I don't need quite that much reassurance any longer, but um, at, at worst, it, it can be a really needy and kind of clingy type sort of thing, right? And so you learn, kind of, kind of let that go. It's interesting in my family, there's, there's five children and um, my older sister and my direct younger sister are all sixes. My older sister is a social six. Um, I'm self-pres. My younger one is um, a one-to-one. And then I got an eight brother and a, a type two sister. But it really is interesting with my older sister that she's older than I am and still has this sort of just contrary, worrying, and it's constant. Now, by the way, she also works for the Centers of Disease Control. Mm-hmm. So this skill is serving her really well right now. Right. Right. It's serving her really well. Unfortunately, it's making her family crazy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because she worries so much. That's yeah. got to be tough. But I, I could see how you almost... I think a lot of times we end up in 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 careers or roles that that suit us and those type of things. So I, I could see that being beneficial. But man, at, at the de- I don't say the detriment of the family, but like you say, driving the family crazy. I was like, yeah, hey, just turn that down a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dial right. it back a little bit. You right, know? right, right, right. Dial it back. Yeah. So here's a question I have for you because as you were talking about that, when we were talking about sixes and and you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to revisit. How a lot of times, and I think you said it was one to ones do this or maybe uh, socials, but um, they'll turn the screws a little bit and they want to see um, where this is at. And and I have a couple sixes in mind that's kind of framed this question in my head. Um, Do you think, do you think all sixes do this? And and the follow-up question to that would be, how do you think what's something in like other than the conversation about logic that would be helpful for this um, where we see sixes pushing back against um, their loved ones, their, you know, whoever they're dating or in a relationship with um, or even married to for that matter. um, Mm -hmm. When there is, it is um, um, almost a self-destructive type of situation in a severely unhealthy six. Um, Do you see that? a lot and what would how would you speak to that for sixes that are you know essentially trying to sabotage maybe some or at least it comes across that way um out of fear anxiety it's such a good good question um you know dr david daniels was my mentor friend and and teacher and and he passed about two years ago he was a doctor doctor um of psychiatry for 25 years at stanford um he was like the foremost authority um, in the world on Myers-Briggs at one point and then changed the Enneagram because he felt the Myers-Briggs didn't have any soul management. But he wrote a book just before he died on the Enneagram um, and intimacy and specifically about marriage. And he was married to a type nine. And he spoke about the fact that here he is, a Stanford-trained psychiatrist, degrees for days, right? And yet he would still poke at his marriage with his wife. You don't love me. You're going to leave me. You're going to abandon me. Mm. And, and he would say, and logically, intellectually, I knew this was not the case, but there is this emotional thing that takes over and then it manifests itself in action, right? And so it really can be, it can be so horrible if you let your demons, so to speak, take over and you have to just kind of say, hey, knock it off. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you almost have to give yourself a kind of like, a, a, hey, knock it off, right? Mm. That's not happening. You're in a relationship. It's healthy. It has the usual 
sort of like give and take, but this is okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And that can be difficult for a six because again, trust is so tough. Um, Something happens typically with sixes in childhood where just trust got broken. That's just sort of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, we are the, we are the kids that came out of sort of volatile home lives. And so we learn to sort of get ready for the, for whatever it's going to throw us, throw at us. Right. And so I, I think what can be heartbreaking for a six in a relationship is just a, Jump, falling in love too quickly and holding on and clinging for dear for dear life, or just poking, poking, poking to the point where you alienate people around you, mm. um, and, mm. and because you're kind of you're making them so crazy with their need for reassurance and reassurance yeah. and reassurance, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and I re- and I've really evolved out of that candidly, um, you know, over the years. But I I can look back now and say, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I, 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 so a lot of them I, I see when they're in their unhealthy states, make vast attempts at, self, uh, at sabotage. <clears throat> yeah. really just, I was curious about that. But at the same time, what's also very interesting is uh, many of them, uh, when are they're healthy, uh, you almost wouldn't peg them as a six, which I think is something about sixes, like the healthier sixes True. from a behavior standpoint, you, most of them, you wouldn't look at them and go, ah, no, there's no, you know, they don't seem to have any fear or anxiety or whatever. And, um, particularly the one-to-ones like you were talking about. Um, yeah. it's almost but, like with Enneagram, no matter the type, you associate the type by the unhealthy Right. things that the type does sometimes, you know, well, but it, but it is, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good point, Justin, because typically what happens and I really try to change my, my methodology of training is that we focus so bad much on the lowest aspects of type. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got pegged a lot as a type seven or as a type three, because, you know, definitely a show pony. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and kind of have that sort of vibe, like name drop, do this, but it's all because of a protection mechanism sure, when sure. I'm feeling anxious. Right. right. Um, seven, because I, I just love, I love seven world, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm really not. And it really is interesting that we kind of um, almost immediately go into the lo- the lower sides of typing the expressions versus the upper side, which is, you know, in business, you should be prepared. You should well, have a strategy. Yeah, you should ask questions. <laughs> it's like, I, I have, I have some of our, some of our um, stuff from our the integrative, you know, enneagram. But it's like the gifts of the enneagram six include devotion, courage, preparedness, trustworthiness, and are very team oriented. Like, Absolutely. what an amazing, like whether you're in a church world or in a, in a business or working a, you know, your department or team. Like, what a gift that person can be. Yeah. when they're at mm-hmm. their their health, their you know, when they're at their maximum, you know, it's just like just the the team Team, being team oriented alone, you know, like in a healthy team environment, how yeah. they can thrive in that and that they're trustworthy and, you know, prepared for whatever you're going to do and yeah. courage to do it. Like that's a, that, that's quite a gift. Yeah. 100%. I agree. 100%. I am still, I'm still in touch with my original team from the W Hollywood hotel. That's, that's a decade ago. Um, as well as my original team from the W in San Francisco, and that's 20 years ago. Wow. I, mean, I, I mean, like the entire group, we actually mm-hmm. keep in touch because that was the, the devotion of the team was so like so locked in. But again, I think what the Enneagram allows you to do um, is that you can be vulnerable based on your type. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, listen, I'm a three, right? I'm a three. So this is gonna be hard for me, but I'm feeling this. And the group can hold the space for you as a type three, right? Yeah. As an eight, it's like, look, I'm an eight mode. Someone says that to me. It's like, I know what's up, you know, I, it, it, I, I, you know, but, but it's, but it's actually, it gives me a window into what might their pattern be at that point. And I realize it's not really Brad being angry at me. Mm-hmm. Brad is simply expressing something 
based on his type. And that it just makes it so much more rich as far as communication, trying yeah. to really get to understand somebody. That's what Laura mentioned uh, in one of our other episodes is, is it, that, that common language. When everyone's speaking a common language, it changes, like it makes things so much easier and we can yeah. process through uh, whether that's difficulty or, uh, you know, abrasive patterns or whatever. When you have that common language, it's like, okay, this is what's happening here. Yeah. And there's a lot of beauty in that. So Jim, yeah. tell me, tell me this, uh, you know, Justin just rattled off a few. Is there any more? Because, you know, we want to identify the beauty of a six, you know, to those sixes out there listening that they, they hate their type. They, you know, they're like, I don't like this. I, you know, I am fearful. I am full of anxiety. I am these things and I hate all of it. What, uh, in addition to what we've already talked about, is there more that's like, man, this is a beautiful thing. Like embrace this uh, beyond what we've talked about or elaborate more on what we have. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think of all the types, we're the ones that if you really look inward at your core and at your soul and let it come forth, there is such electricity and power. Um, and what happens, though, is, is that it's very inspirational for those around you. You can you also have this, like, this wattage that you can turn up. Um, that's such a beautiful thing to put in action. But many times the, the, the six won't, won't do that because they're, again, afraid, right? But Imagine inspiring people because you believe you have faith, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you believe you have faith in what you're doing, who you are and you know, what your life's purpose is that radiates out of you and actually all of a sudden kind of goes out into the world. And so then you can ask questions from a great place. Then you can actually sort of express, um, you know, logic. And it's really wonderful how that kind of catches on with those around you. Um, I think sixes honestly have this huge capacity to love and take care of people. Mm -hmm. And um, just when they let themselves, dance in the light i like to say or just sing right <laughs> um it's and i mean that both literally as well as metaphorically but i mean just sort of like be in their light it's incredible what the impact they can have on people um you know we we think in so much um terms of, it, of this type as being fearful and doubtful but it is interesting the two biggest um, sort of teachers in my life in this were david daniels who was a without question um a self-pres six um and then helen palmer who was a one-to-one -one six, right? And I, I learned so much about them um, in the concept of what really grace is and and really how to stay in grace. And I also saw lower expressions of type, a couple with, with both of them, they didn't change their impact on me or who they were. But right. it was like, all right, for the most part, they live here, they live on the higher side of type, but not always. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right, right. And your, 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 your patterns are gonna still slip there, but you have to give yourself permission to stumble. Because That's good. We're, we're going to, and you're, yeah. and you're gonna, you're gonna get picked up. You, you, you just are going to get picked up every time. Yeah, that's that's so good. Well, and you know, you we talked we've talked a lot about subtypes. We've mentioned the the subtypes a good bit in this, and you know, that was one of the most helpful things I think for me and Brad. You know, that we found with, with the integrative enneagram and in at our training was you know we had messed around with a couple other you know even paid paid tests before, but that did not hit on subtypes. And I found I found the learning more about subtypes and the lines was Huge. so helpful Huge. and yeah. and yeah. not only for yourself but even when you're talking with someone else you know you you all hear everyone has heard the wings or they think they're you know you're a you're a six wing five and that's your wing all the time instead of kind of like learning to you know access both wings but the the subtypes and the lines were so helpful um we've we've heard your subtype and now you're you know a six has a line to to nine and three 
you know, where yes. your, your release is the nine. Talk about that a little bit. Do you, um, and you've been obviously with 20 plus years of, of Enneagram knowledge. Um, is that something you regularly try to do is like access your lines, you know, when you're, when you're making decisions or processing or. Yeah, I would say for them, for, for me, I, I do a lot. I've had to learn in recent years, much more about my, my five wing, my seven wing came very naturally, but the lines, you know, it, listen, type three can be a stress point for me, but that just means that extreme stress and at the lower side of type, I can take a lot of actions with no thought that that's not good. However, I've also found that type three as a, as a stretch point for me actually is also as a, um, it works because it's like, listen, you got to get some stuff done. So before you shoot off, think in terms of what you need to focus on and then approach it logically, but then get it done right and so that really for me works nines have always sort of represented a safe house for me um and and sixes love security so it's it can be really wonderful to be with a nine because they're so non-judgmental they take it in they're really chill right and so i I love accessing myself when i can just be chill and diplomatic and not be so heady right but in every six, there is a lazy nine child that if you're not careful, right, we're going to sit there and go, take care of me, mommy, take care of me, as opposed to taking responsibility, you know, as an adult and and owning your stuff. So I think, I think I love moving back and forth on the lines in that sense, because I, but again, the awareness has to be recognizing when I'm doing things with thought and when I'm sort of, you know, taking action um, but also with thought, right? Mm-hmm. The wings, uh, conversely, again, seven always came very naturally to me. Um, part of the, I think, misinformation on the on the Enneagram is like, oh, you've got a heavier wing on this level than this level. And I think that there are, and there are schools that teach that, by the way. And yeah. it's, 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 I, I just happened to have my eyes open when I took IEQ, is that you have both wings. Mm-hmm. You have to make a conscious choice to use them, right? Right. right. Um, I have to really make a conscious choice to be logical. Now, by the way, you don't get to run multi-million dollar businesses without being logical. But it's not. It's not where I'm. It's, it's more fun to go to seven. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Who doesn't want to go to, to seven? Go logic. And yeah. I think, but I think right. what, what you want to think, what you said, is very powerful though, because you rarely get to create multi-billion dollar businesses without being slightly illogical, right? Like there has to be a, right. a visionary aspect of get, like, yes, well, I'm, we're about to do something that's never been done before, and that is very much a seven type of thing. Yes. Uh, so it's it's fun, you know, but. The thing is, you also have to have the person in the room going, right, but I need you to sit down and create the plan. Stop just talking right. about it. Like, you know, right. so. Well, and it, it, all of this just even goes back to Michelle said it more than once in our training, even said it on the podcast is you are not your type too. Like I, yeah. I'll always remember that. Like you are not your type. Yeah. You, you are know? Jim Correct. who is, who yeah. views the world through a six lens, right? Correct. And it's, it's, I'm just so glad she really made a point because what happens, unfortunately, look, in business world, you simply say, I'm a six, I'm a three, I'm a two, because it's easier and it's sure. faster. But I always have to in classes, and I, I, I by the way, I've, I've taught Enneagram probably four to 500 times in the last 25 years worldwide. I have to stop and say, but it's just a, an expression of type. It's not who you are. <laughs> right. Who you are is here. Right. Yeah, this is your soul. This is your soul, right? Yeah. Um, but I think people kind of get. And it, it typically happens with the enneagram is that people get really jazzed about it, and it's like, wow, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But then it comes down to, oh, I might have to do some work 
on me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I, I, and then it's not so much fun any longer. And it's like, well, I did that on to the next thing, you right. know? Well, no, it's just, it's, it's, it takes some time. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, uh, Jim, what do you think talking to some sixes out there? we got some, we're going to have sixes listening and watching and all that stuff. When you're talking to sixes, um, what are some helpful areas? Well, first, what are the, if you could quickly rattle off, like what are the blind spots as a six, we need to be aware of this, this, and this, um, from your perspective. Um, blind spot is blowing something out of proportion and making it much worse than it is. I have a fight with my spouse. We're getting divorced. Mm. My boss looked at me funny today in this, in the, in the room, I'm getting fired. Um, but really putting things out there, right? We, we've got a very strong intuition, right? Um, but we don't always trust it. It's like, because so, and so in not trusting our intuition sometimes is that it's because it's much more fun to go to worst case than really trust our intuition. Right. So I, I think that the, the biggest thing I can say for a six though, is really not to blow something out of proportion. And then a helpful hint is that you don't need to just pray, meditate once or twice a day. You can be in a constant state of it. If you simply go breathe in, breathe out and get centered, go back to your core, get yourself centered and then speak slowly, calmly with some thought. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's kind of my, my biggest kind of takeaway. Right. And then honestly, look and live in the light. It's sort of, OK, what's wonderful about this? What, what, what gives grace in this moment? You know, do I really think that after 18 years, I'm packing my bags? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 You know? right. What, what about projection? You know, um, where where I, I read that as a one of the blind spots is that sixes tend to and I don't remember us ever talking about this um, at training or anything but that sixes uh, can project their fears onto other people as a way to avoid their own emotions and fears is it's it, they'll oh, project that on the yeah. others. The the, the the sixth father that uh, you know just that was, was very protective of their children so on the upside yeah be protective right? Mm-hmm. Who are you going out with? What time are you going to be home? Yep. Like all those sorts of things. Right? right. And so that's kind of a healthy expression. Unhealthy is just, you know, you could die. Oh my God. Oh my God. And you're just, you're constantly saying, don't go out in the streets and you're constantly doing this thing. Right. And it's one of those sort of things that you project these fears onto other people. If you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I, I was in the class with, with all of you and uh, you know, I, I would say a good third, if not half the class um, was from the Christian community. Yeah. Right? I we were shocked. Immediately was, I was immediately like, oh, they're not going to like me. You know, <laughs> I'm New York, I'm gay. You know, and it was just, I mean, but it really started projecting. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> you know, this is just silly, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're able to get over that pretty quickly when you're more in a centered stage. And again, I've been doing this for years, but for a, a six that's kind of new to this, I, I, the projecting is very real and very dangerous. Yeah. It, it can really ruin your vacations. It can ruin yeah. whole years of your life um, because you're projecting all these fears, right? Um, sitting on a beach, I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. I'm going to call the hotel. I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. Mm-hmm. As opposed to I'm on a beach. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? That's, <laughs> right. That's it. Uh, Perspective. Yeah. I have, a, I have a loved one right now who is a seven, but, 
because of situations where she's like living in a six and where it's even some of these conversations, I'm like, <sighs> you know, um, yeah. that I'm like, wow, yeah, this is, this is very much the space that she's in. And so I, I've even jotted down a couple of things. It's like, man, it's going to be really helpful to kind of talk with her about a little bit and, and help navigate those things. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, all oh, that's just so, so rich. So, so good. Helpful. Let's have a little fun. Yeah. So Jim, uh, before we, uh, with every guest, we've got this, um, kind of, it's a, it's a, I guess like a poll or whatever. Um, Enneagram Ashton on Instagram, she posts a lot of really good stuff. Um, and so she has this, uh, deal where it's like, I'm, I'm an Enneagram and then whatever the type is. So for today at six, and then she has a list of things. And so what we're going to do is it's a list of uh, all these. And each time I name one, we just want you to get a scale of one to five one being nope definitely not me and five being stop reading my mail okay so um, and thanks thanks to justin we have introduced a decimal system because round numbers are for rookies is what he said round numbers are rookies (laughs) so so it could be a 3.5 or whatever all right and so all right here we go number one loyal five all right uh responsible Five. All right. Prepared. Four. <laughs> you can say five <laughs> if you want to. Just. <laughs> um, honest. Yeah, to a fault. Yeah, five. Five. All right. Uh, committed. Ooh. Um. That'd be like a three and a half. Okay. That's situational for me. That's sure. just, that, that's that's situational. All right. That's good. Uh, observant. Five. All right. Uh, second guesses. Yeah, five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, kind. Uh, yeah, like I, I would say five. I like to believe so. Okay. Uh, dependable. Hmm. Gosh, I would like to think that I am, but I'm not sure others in my life might say that. So let's call it a three because I, I keep on getting lectured on the proper way to load a dishwasher. <laughs> uh, all right. Structured. Uh, four. Okay. Uh, plans ahead. Five. All right. Uh, self-doubt. Five. Right. <laughs> uh, always thinking. Uh, five. Okay. Uh, not a risk taker. Not a risk taker. Um, that, that's a little more difficult. I, 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 I'd say probably three. Okay. That's that seven. You're a little leaning into that seven a little more. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, problem solver. Uh, three. Okay. Uh, values safety. Five. Ten, right? No, it's good. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no. You'll, you'll love us. We, we, we live out in the, we have a place out in the country and there's wildlife out there, right? And so it's amazing because I, I go out at night, I like, I lock and triple lock the doors. There's a basement trap door that I have to make sure the monster can't get out at night, right? It's just, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two more. Strong values? Yeah, five. And a little anxiety. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just a little. This, this yeah. entire hour has been anxiety. Yeah. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man. Oh man. Well, we, Hey Jim, we appreciate it, man. It's so good to see you. So good catching up with you. Um, I know it's going to be a big help to our listeners too, that are sixes or are married to Great. sixes. You know what I mean? I think that whether it's a, the identifying as a six and processing that or being in a relationship with a six um, and understanding that's one of the things that's been real powerful lately for us is, is we've been working with spouses of sixes with those three that I was talking to you about and trying to help them understand mm-hmm. like they're not choosing to wake up every day and see the world like this. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's very taxing on them to wake up every day and see the world differently than this. Yes, it is. Um, and so that I, I, I know this episode is going to be really helpful. Yeah, we're excited. Glad to help. It's been a pleasure. Um, the, the Aretha Franklin song that I'm—it's kind of interesting. I just realized that I'm obsessed with right now is called "Never Gonna Break My Faith." Okay. <laughs> so it's just—it's—it's it's actually this was really sort of like that. Why I just—I was like, wow, that's the name of the song. It's my favorite song, right? Yeah. So I think it's actually a great way to kind of end, end this and say, just don't let your faith get broken. Hey, you know, it's, it's there for the taking, right? Absolutely. And Jim, if anybody wants to, to reach out, uh, either maybe interested in coaching or training, um, where, where can they find you? I know you're, you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you, 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 you both have my, uh, my email address by, by all means, go ahead and submit that, uh, you know, and get a hold of me. I, I've taken a break from the, um, the, the Facebook and Instagram world. I'll probably be back on next month, but I wanted to get the book written. I just wanted to have the summer off, but it's, it's probably time to reconnect once again. So I'll be back on there as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll drop a link, um, in, in the show notes to your, yeah. to your LinkedIn. It's Jim McPartland. So, uh, Jim, that we want to thank you again for being with us and guys, that's it for episode eight of the better today podcast please make sure you subscribe rate review all those things and you can catch us online at bettertodaypodcast.com or instagram facebook and twitter at better today pod yep so uh, you can track me down if you want to uh, talk to me uh, find anything that's going on in my world at brad Livingston underscore on uh, instagram and twitter absolutely i'm a justin oswald underscore yep so and uh man we want to uh, again say thank you to jim and uh we want to say make sure you guys subscribe so that you can catch us uh and join us next for the next episode of the better today podcast where we aim to be build the better you using the Enneagram to be better today for a better tomorrow. We'll see you guys.